There we go. Good morning, Westgate. How's everybody doing? Well, let's stand up and let's worship together. Come on. Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. Unveil why we're made. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope like wildfire in our very souls. Holy Spirit, come invade us now. We are your church. We need your power in us. Come on. We seek your kingdom first. We hunger and we thirst. Refuse to waste our lives for your our joy and prize. To see the captive's hearts release the hurt, the sick, the poor at peace. We lay down our lives for heaven's cause. We are your church. We pray revive this earth. Yes. Come on. Oh, build your kingdom here. Let the darkness fear. Show your mighty hand. Heal our streets and land. Set your church on fire. Win this nation. your kingdom's power. Come on! Reaching the near and far. No force of hell can stop your beauty changing hearts. You made us for much more than this. Awake the kingdom, see in us. Fill us with the strength and love of church we are the hope on earth oh build your kingdom here let the darkness be show your mighty hand heal our streets and land set your church on fire win this nation back Hand, heal our streets and 
My name is Isaac V. I'm an elder here at Westgate Chapel. We want to welcome you. This is your first Sunday. We've got some stuff for you. We have a welcome center up uh, right outside the door. We'd love for you to stop by, get connected. We've got a gift for you before you go. We've also got a bunch of flyers in the back. We've got a welcome flyer you can check out. We've also got a connect card. Whether you're new or, or you've been here for a while, we'd love you to fill these out and let us know how we can pray for you and how you can connect with us. Speaking of Connect, we've got a special week this week. This is Partnership Sunday. Uh, if you grabbed the sermon notes, they're also available out there. You'll see on the inside some of our local partners and local organizations that we'll be highlighting, interviewing, and talking with today. They're also all out in the cafe area. We'd love for you to stop by, talk with them, and find ways that you can serve in the community. For those who are joining us on the live stream, welcome uh, as well. Finally, we want to... Uh, let you know that all of this is available in the app. And if you don't have the app, highly recommend it. Check it out. I use it every week to do my sermon notes. We also now have the song lyrics in the app that you can follow along with as well. So we're going to move right to meet and greet time. You can see the question up here. I'd like you to stand up, meet somebody, and ask if you've ever volunteered in the community. If so, where? And if not, what type of ministry areas might you be interested in serving in? Good morning. Good morning. Still on. Yeah. Morning, sir. I was talking to. I don't know how to turn this off. I'll just do this. Uh, I was talking to Dean, and I think we're going to try and. He's working on it. He's working on it, Isaac. He's working on it. I think you're good. You came up here trying to sing that song, I can tell you. Yes. Probably early September. <laughs> Well, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of lyrics in that keep song, as it is. Love is mighty and so much stronger. 
perfect submission All is at rest I am my Savior Am happy and blessed Watching and waiting Looking up God, we get lost in so many things. We get lost in our thoughts. We get lost in translation. And sometimes we just get lost. But what is it like to be found when we are lost in your love? Just imagine that picture, just to be lost and surrounded by endless love, unconditional love in the purest form possible. It's amazing. So, Father God, we are so appreciative of the God that you are that loves his people. Thank you that we can praise you today and lift up these offerings to you. With our voice, with our tithes, with our prayers, with our care for one another, and the way that we serve God. May we open our hearts to what you have for us. And may your name be the only one that is honored and glorified, God. It's in your name we pray. Amen. If you didn't hear that, we're going to take our morning offering. And uh, if you would grab the buckets that are in the middle and pass those, just a time for us to continue to worship the Lord and give him thanks for everything that he has provided for us. And as we give back to him as an act of worship. Well, good morning, church. It is good to be back and to be with you. As I turned and looked at Adam this morning, first service, I said, this is so weird. And yet you guys have been in here for four weeks. Welcome, welcome, to, welcome Westgate. to Westgate. I got you. I got you. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is uh, Rob Zimmerman, lead pastor here at Westgate. And uh, I have actually been away for the past four weeks. Uh, one of the blessings that uh, the leadership of the church has uh, given me in the summer months is the ability to uh, get away uh, for some vacation with my family, but also uh, a couple weeks of sabbatical uh, to be able to uh, just focus on my relationship with the Lord, the future of our church, uh, thinking about things that are coming up in the fall and this next year. And so it has been uh, a really good four weeks uh, for me uh, in many different ways, uh, and especially for my family, restful, uh, 
to be able to uh, just pour into my own relationship with the Lord, and just uh, I'm very excited to be here back with you. But as I mentioned, one of the things that uh, we got to do was to go away as a family on vacation, and we went up north, had never been up to the Traverse City area, and so uh, we went camping at uh, Sleepy Bear Dunes. I don't know if you guys have ever been there, uh, but you might see some pictures here on the screen. And uh, we went camping as a family. Uh, a couple, couple uh, friends from our life group came up also, and uh, we spent some time camping together, doing various fun activities. And a few of those, one of the things that I loved was time that we spent out at Empire Beach, uh, one of the most beautiful sunsets that I think I've ever seen. Uh, spent some time there on the water. I still reluctantly call lakes beaches, but I'm getting there. It felt good. Uh, Lake Michigan gets you close. Uh, we spent some time as well, not only at the beach, but going rafting down a river, which Gracie loved, and we had a great time uh, doing that for, for a while. Uh, we also had a day where the ladies went shopping and the dads and sons went golfing together. And uh, you'll see in this picture that I hit a 42-foot foot chip-in eagle uh, while I was out on the golf course. That should tell you your pastor's prayer life is moving in the right direction, because that does not happen for me. So... Um, that, was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, one of the other things that we did, uh, or some of us did, I should say, is uh, climb one of the large dunes that are there. And uh, my, two of my kids, Garrett and Riley, decided that they were going to brave climbing this massive dune. Now, if you look at that sign that's next to them, the way it reads is essentially this. Don't go down there. If you do and you have to be rescued, it'll cost you $3,000. I thought to myself, well, Garrett's working. He can pay for it himself now. So... Um, they decided that they, with some of their friends, would uh, do this as well. If you've never been there, you'll see in this next picture just how long and steep this thing is. As we looked over the edge, the first words that came to my mind were, there is no way I'm going to do this, right? But uh, a few of them did, and Garrett and Riley did this. And uh, what you should know about this climb, it is 450 feet tall. It's the equivalent of a 34-story building, and you're climbing at a 33-degree angle. And every step you take, you lose about half of that step as you slide back down in the sand. So it was quite fun to watch because about a quarter of the way up, as you'll see in this next picture, uh, many people were questioning everything they've ever done in their life. Every decision that they had ever made, they began questioning. And then there were those of us who weren't questioning our decisions, we were watching them suffer and taking much joy in that. And so uh, that, was, that was a really, really great time. Uh, yeah, and don't worry, obviously my kids made it back, we're good, and it didn't cost us anything. So, uh, but... Uh, one of the favorite things that uh, I also got to enjoy, uh, we enjoyed, was being able to watch and participate in our services online. And uh, it was wonderful to be able to worship with you, even though it was from a distance. And let me tell you, I fully get it, how wonderful it feels to be able to sit at home and watch a service from, on your TV in your jammies. Lovely experience. <laughs> However, I will tell you that I also realized there is nothing like being together as the body of Christ. And I have been yearning to be back with you guys and worshiping together because God's body was meant to be together. And so 
Um, it has been good, but one of the biggest blessings that I think I have received uh, from this time off and watching online was just to realize how incredibly blessed we are to have such gifted uh, preaching team here at this church. And I want to say a special thank you to Pastor Adam Just, Pastor Steve Fisher, Pastor Dan Russell for filling in so admirably. And would you thank them for, uh, for sharing with us as well? Uh, they led us so well, and I am blessed to have a team that just loves to preach and teach God's Word, loved how they continued to carry us through the book of Mark uh, together week after week. And really, when I think about it, this is how the church was meant to function, that it is a collective body of Christ, individuals with varying and different gifts who come together and use our giftedness to continue to push forward the work that God has called us to. We see in a couple different places where Paul talks about this in Scripture. Uh, you'll see here on the screen in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it's one of the primary places uh, where we see Paul talking about this. He says in verses 12 through 14, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Paul continues and says similarly in Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 6, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another having gifts that differ according to the grace that has been given to us. Paul gives us this very clear picture and analogy of how the body of Christ is meant to function. He uses the picture of the human body with different parts that all work together for a common purpose and a common goal. And he says that this should be an image and picture to us of how the body of Christ should work. We all look different. We have different giftings. We have different things that we have been called to do, and yet we work together towards a similar purpose. And as I was reading these passages this week, I saw three things that really stood out to me. The first thing that I saw is this, is the individuality that is actually highlighted within these passages. Oftentimes when we come to a passages like this, we focus on the body analogy and, hey, we're supposed to be together and working together but there is a very clear emphasis on the individuality in these passages. That God has gifted each of us uniquely and differently to play different roles within the body. And that each of us have a significant role, though they are different, to play if the gospel of Jesus Christ is to go forward. And so we can't forget and we can't neglect the fact that individuality is actually highlighted within this passage, that we should have as followers of Jesus Christ an understanding of how God has gifted us, the passions that he has given us, and the call that he has placed on us to go and to use what he has given for his purposes. But what we also see secondly is this, is that these passages emphasize that individuality achieves its purpose within the greater body of Christ working together. That individuality works best within the body. If you have your sermon notes, I would encourage you to write this thought down. You are strongest 
when you worship and serve alongside of other believers. It is the way that God designed the body to be. Individuals with individual giftings given by the Holy Spirit as he sees fit coming together so that we support and encourage one another and accomplish his purposes. You are strongest when you worship and you serve alongside other believers. But the third thing that I've also noticed as I've read these passages is this, is that we often interpret these passages through the lens of our local gathering. We'll say that when we talk about the body of Christ, the image that often most quickly comes to mind is that of our church that we go to. We think of it in terms of Westgate Chapel. That is the body where God has planted me, and this is where I am an individual member with varying gifts working alongside other people. But what we neglect is that is not what was intended when Paul was speaking these words. You see, Paul didn't see the, uh, the body of Christ as just a local gathering. He saw it as a global unit, that there is far more that is happening outside of our church and walls that is a part of God's body. The body of Christ isn't just local, it is global. And I want you to think about this statement this well, as well this morning, is that we are strongest when we see the body as Christ designed it to be, that it's not just about our local gathering, but how we as followers of Jesus Christ use our giftedness coupled not with our lo- just with our local body, but with the global body of Christ in achieving what God has called us to do. The reason that I bring this point up is that this is why partnership within the body of Christ is essential if the gospel is going to go forward. It's the reason that we as a church have developed local partnerships as an essential aspect of our Deep Roots Broad Reach five-year vision. We believe that we are most effective in reaching the world for Jesus Christ, not when we are seeking to do it ourselves and build our own little kingdom, but when we see other churches in our community and other organizations and other people as essential to pushing forward the gospel message. Expanding partnerships with local organizations not only allows our church family to use their gifts in gospel ministry throughout the community, But even more, it also brings incredible support and giftedness to local organizations and individuals to help them push forward their ministries of reaching more people in varying segments of the community with the gospel. And so this morning, we're going to be taking time to talk with some of our local partners, to hear some incredible things about what God is doing through their ministries. And you'll see here up on the screen, if you have your sermon notes and you open up to the inside, you'll see that we have listed our local partners that we have. On the left side, you'll see the local organizations that we support and, uh, and partner with, Water for Ishmael, That Neighborhood Church, Global Opportunities, Bella Vida Network, and our Keep Watch Prayer Ministry. On the other side, you'll also see local people partners. We've got Jim and Bridget Beach from uh, Young Life. We've got Mindy Cross with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Sean and Maggie George, Mark and Ara Fertig with Crew, all individuals that identify with this body of Jesus Christ and that are out serving with local organizations sharing the good news of the gospel. We're going to talk with a number of them this morning, and here's what I want you to get today. I want you to learn about who these people are and what they're doing. I want you to hear stories about how God has been moving in their ministry and changing people's lives. 
But thirdly and most importantly, I want us as a part of the body of Christ, the global body, to consider how God might call us as individuals to be involved using the gifts that he has given us to make an impact more broadly in our community. And so as we begin today, I want to invite up first a couple of our uh, partner organizations. Uh, you will know some of them. Uh, Savannah Martin with uh, the Pregnancy Center and also West Blood with Global Opportunities and Water for Ishmael. And Isaac Via is going to come up, one of our elders, and help share this time as well. Would you welcome them as they come? Just sit on. Did that first service as well. Here we go. Well, uh, I'll just begin by saying that uh, as far as uh, partnerships, each of these partnerships that are sitting here this morning have been long-term partners with uh, Westgate Chapel. And uh, Savannah uh, has been working with the Pregnancy Center. Oh, goodness. How long did we say that it's been? Since 2012. Since 2012. And as the director of the Pregnancy Center, uh, this has been such a long-term partnership for Westgate Chapel uh, in many different fashions, whether that's supporting financially, whether that is having volunteers that are getting involved. And we love what is happening and how you guys are working and changing lives by reaching people who have pregnancies that maybe at times are unwanted, but looking to love them well and to share the gospel with them. And so we're thankful that you're here today, Savannah, to share with us. And um, I might ask you just to begin, uh, would you tell us just a little bit about Bella Vida, which is a new phrase probably for some people in the room. Uh, tell us what Bella Vida is, but also as you share about your ministry, tell us how you've seen God moving this last year through the various ministries that you have in our community. Absolutely. So it's so good to be here. I love Westgate, and you're so right. It has been such a um, long-term partnership, and both at the first service and the second service, just to get lots of hugs. This church has been really like family um, to me personally and definitely to the ministry um, from housing, you know, our fundraiser every single year. You guys are incredible volunteers. So many of you have volunteered, are currently volunteers. Some of you are going to volunteer after this. <laughs> um, you know, your prayer, your support, just know that Bella Vida and I are so indebted to Westgate for how you love and serve the ministry. Um, so Bella Vida is our new foundational organization that now houses Soul Purpose, the Pregnancy Center, and the Haven. The Pregnancy Center is not going anywhere. If anything, Bella Vida allows us to really let the Pregnancy Center be what it's always intended to be. So Soul Purpose is our campus outreach. Um, we work with pregnancy centers all across the country, establishing Soul Purpose chap chapters on college campuses. And really, uh, the value is this, that if we can raise college-aged women up and their value, worth, and identity in Jesus, not only will they not walk through the doors of an abortion facility, they won't walk through the doors of a pregnancy center either. And we're just seeing incredible life transformation in college students across the country. Seven chapters, and we just launched at Bowling Green State University earlier awesome. this year. The Pregnancy Center, which is what most people are familiar with, that's our limited medical facility, um, our social work, and then parenting and pregnancy educational center. Um, and the mission there is really simple. It's life, 
and life abundantly, that we believe that Jesus came, that we would have life, and that these families should have life and have it abundantly. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, we actually had a woman that was uh, planning on having an abortion come in. Um, She had an ultrasound, and the ultrasound showed that she was having twins. The sonographer was incredible in that situation, was able to sit with her, to talk about her fears, share the gospel with her, and that mom ended up choosing life for those twins, which is remarkable. Uh, Just last Friday, we were actually out in the zip code that has the highest number of abortions in Lucas County, and we handed out over 14,000 diapers to women and their children in that zip code. And basically what we decided is we're going to go right to where these women live and tell them that Jesus loves them and that there's hope for them and their families. Lastly, over at the Haven, that is our after-abortion care location where we are serving men and women who have had abortions um, because we believe that Jesus is just as present at the back door of an abortion facility as he is at the front door, that there's so much hope and redemption for these men and women. Uh, I was recently at a uh, women's conference here in our uh, community, and I had a woman come running up to me with tears in her face, and she said, I just got to go through one of the retreats over at the Haven, um, and you know I, I know now that Jesus loves me, and my life has been changed forever. And so I want to say if that is your story, if abortion is part of your story, we would love to walk with you um, over at the Haven. That is awesome, and uh, it is so encouraging yeah, to hear the things and ways in which God is moving, using your ministry to impact lives. And, uh, you know, as we, uh, uh, the season that we find ourselves in, at least in our state especially, is that there are uh, a number of things uh, that are going to be happening in our various elections uh, that have the potential to impact uh, not just the Pregnancy Center and its ministries, Bella Vida, but also um, the pro-life movement as a whole. And could you maybe share with us a little bit about what's going to be going on in our November elections when it comes to uh, issues related to uh, pro-life. So this November, there is uh, going to be a proposed constitutional um, amendment that you will have the opportunity to vote on. Um, This uh, proposed constitutional amendment would actually be very catastrophic for unborn children, women, and really families in our community. Um, first of all, it would um, open the door to wipe out all of the laws that are on the books right now to protect unborn children, to protect women. Um, it would allow abortions up through the third trimester um, in a uh, Supreme Court case, Doe versus Bolton. Um, that case Um, defined health as physical health, mental and emotional health, and socioeconomical health. So they, uh, through that, um, said that women can have abortions at any stage in the the pregnancy if uh, her health is in jeopardy, but not just physical health, any kind of health. And so this uh, proposed constitutional ballot would allow abortionists to say, oh, she doesn't have a job, she's not um, socioeconomically healthy, um, and so we're going to go ahead and let her have a third trimester abortion. It also um, endangers parental rights. The way that the 
constitutional amendment is written um, identifies that anyone who is seeking any sort of reproductive health care, including abortion, hair, uh, abortion, hormone therapy, um, reassignment surgery, that, that no one, including parents, can actually impede on that right. So a coach could take a student to have an abortion and the parents would never have to be notified. Lastly, um, we see this happening in the state of Connecticut right now, where similar language has been used to um, advance legislation that actually would make running a pregnancy center illegal. And so it's just really a catastrophic piece of legislation across the board. Yeah. You know, what's interesting as we think about this, uh, you guys know, uh, if you've been here for any time, that uh, as a church and as a leadership, we don't really dive into politics, but the one thing that we do do is that we are not political, but we are biblical in the way that we think and the way that we ask God to lead us in the things that we do and the decisions that we make for our lives. And um, I will tell you that as I, as I think about the election that is coming up in November, I believe that it is very important for the church to think and to act biblically in this regard. You know, when we look in Scripture, it is so abundantly clear that God himself is the author of life. When we think about Scripture, it tells us that before we were even born, that he has ordained our life, that when we were in our mother's womb, that God is actively involved in the shaping of our lives. I think of Psalm 139, which, which tells us this so beautifully and so clearly. And one of the things that I recognize is that what, to think biblically is also to understand that God has called us to be salt and light in a world where at times the values that scripture hold will be in opposition to the values of the world. And yet, that does not mean that we don't stand for truth. And what I believe is important for us to understand is the responsibility that God has given us where we live in a nation today where we have the ability to have a voice and to be a part of that voting process. And I would encourage us to really take time to prayerfully consider what God is calling us to when it comes to allowing our voices to be heard, but standing for life itself. Now, I also understand that in this room, there are multiple different people that come from multiple backgrounds, different political parties and leanings. And that's why I really say, we don't think politically. We think biblically, and we want God's word to be the foundation that drives how we live our lives in this world. And so I would encourage us to think and to prayerfully go before the Lord and ask, what role should I have as we approach this November election? I would encourage you to stand for life in these matters. Um, as well, uh, Savannah, there is a, a second election, or I should say a first, if you will, that is happening currently, uh, but that will, a special election this August. And could you maybe explain to us a little bit about what is happening with that? Yeah, so I know that the August special election can be very confusing. You're probably seeing the same message on both sides, vote blank to protect the Constitution. I just, I know that it's confusing. Um, so let me break it down for you a little bit. Right now here in the state of Ohio, a um, constitutional amendment can be made with what's called a simple majority vote. It's 50% plus one. 
our federal constitution actually takes a two-thirds majority plus ratification from Congress. Um, so what you have is a federal constitution that has only been amended 27 times and a state constitution in Ohio that has been amended 172 times. So this August, August 8th here, um, next week actually, um, you're going to have the um, ability to vote on August 8th or before um, early voting is open. Your um, vote yes would keep the threshold of 50% plus one, your vote no would raise the threshold to 60%, plus it would allow, um, when people are, they already know, they didn't even need me to come and tell them. <laughs> Let me try this again. Your, this is how confusing it is. Your vote yes, yes would raise the threshold yes. <laughs> yes. to 60%. Your vote no would allow it to stay um, at the 50%. It also, I was just testing you. I just wanted to see <laughs> how West Kishapo. Um, it would also um, require um, signatures to be collected from all 88 counties. Why is this um, important? Um, right now, uh, anyone who is attempting to get something on the ballot could go to one city and collect all the signatures needed. This would um, give voice to potentially underrepresented um, counties here. So I will actually be out at a table afterwards. Come and maybe I can tell you one-on-one -on -one the right versus the wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There you go. And with all of these things, what I would encourage you is uh, even thinking about this special election is these are things that require us to prayerfully go before the Lord. Uh, I think the important thing to note with this election in August is that it's, you know, while it, it has an effect on what will happen in November, it will have an effect on anyone who ever seeks to make a change to a constitutional amendment. And so that does, it doesn't matter which side of the aisle you land on, it applies to everyone. This requires for us prayerful consideration and wisdom as we go to God and ask how he would lead us uh, in these things. And so, Savannah, I want to thank you for sharing with us this morning. I especially want to thank you for the work that you are doing uh, to push forward and love people in our community so well, but also to share the good news of Jesus. Would you thank Savannah for uh, sharing with us this morning? Uh, next, I'm going to hand things over here to Isaac, and Isaac is going to talk a little bit with Wes Blood. Perfect. Thank you. Um, we'd like to welcome Wes Blood to the stage. Wes, you're here with us representing two different organizations, correct? Yes, I'm wearing two hats today. Um, so I serve on the board of Water for Ishmael. Many of you have heard of Water for Ishmael. It's uh, an organization that is focused on primarily meeting the needs and helping those who are uh, immigrants and refugees. And, you know, Toledo is a wonderfully diverse city. We have people from all over the world in Toledo. It is amazing. And, uh, you know, a lot of uh, people come for reasons that they want to come. You know, immigrants have chosen to come here. Refugees are fleeing from, for their lives. You know, they're, they're here because they don't have a choice. They can't be in their home. Um, so Water Fish Mill has been greatly ramping up what we do, uh, helping uh, uh, with uh, refugees, but uh, also with immigrants. You know, the, one of the biggest obstacles if you come to another country is language acquisition. If you don't have English skills, your ability to thrive and succeed is very difficult. And for 
these families to come in and have opportunities for the women to learn with young children in the morning and uh, husbands and, and anyone to come in the evenings. Um, it just is a wonderfully, uh, wonderful opportunity, not only for them to gain those skills, but to do it with Christian, in a Christian environment with Christian volunteers. Many of them are coming from places where they haven't met a Christian before. So it's uh, a super crucial uh, opportunity, and there are many opportunities to volunteer there. That's awesome. Um, where, where have you specifically here in Toledo seen, uh, seen God at work in, in those ministries? Well, I, I could tell stories for hours, and I know we don't have hours. But uh, so my wife and I, we work with primarily international students, and these are also have come by choice. And uh, you know, students are open and curious, and they're 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 coming here from literally in the last since I've records back to 2003, 154 countries have been represented wow. just at the University of Toledo. That's, That's awesome. almost every country on the planet. <laughs> and they're coming here. They're, they, they move into an apartment. They find out it's an empty box, and they don't know what to do. They don't know what a thrift store is, and they don't have a car. And so we have this uh, big, huge warehouse filled with furniture, an 8,000-square-foot warehouse, thanks to the Lord. And uh, a number of you have volunteered as drivers. Um, and uh, if you have a pickup truck or you... Uh, can borrow a pickup truck, we'll match you up with a student, you get to bring them over, you get to be the first face of Jesus as they're picking out their furniture, you get to welcome them here in the name of Jesus, you know, and it's just such a, it, it's a trajectory changing moment for so many students, um, you know, and we're very respectful, we don't force the gospel on anyone, but we are always looking for those that are curious, and uh, people come f from all different uh, positions and uh, personal places. I remember one guy that came and um, I was helping him with furniture. I usually just tell Jesus stories while we're doing that and his eyes opened wide and he quick started asking me questions about, uh, about Jesus. He had been wanting to find out about Jesus for a long time. And, uh, but he, he wasn't expecting that. He didn't come to Toledo for that reason. And then, uh, and he came from a very, you know, closed country. And then we had a, a, a woman, and she came, and she was here just a year, but she was determined. She came from a very closed Asian country, and uh, she stepped off the plane and said, where is the nearest Bible study? And she, for one year, she did nothing. All of her free time was spent in Bible. She went to five different Bible studies while she was here. It was just amazing. And her transformation was incredible. She was determined. So, you know, broad spectrum of, you know, people won't seek Jesus until they first notice Jesus. And so we're, we're, we're starting at that point. Can we get them to notice Jesus first? Right. Um, and just the, just the opportunities to be a friend and to serve and to be a neighbor. You know, Jesus told us to be, uh, that, that we're to love everyone as our neighbor. So, um, a number of different ways that you can plug in. First of all, I want to thank Westgate for your partnership over many years. The Thanksgiving dinner that you host is incredible. If you have never hosted a table at the Thanksgiving dinner, you need to do it. Uh, it is incredible. And thank you to whoever it is that cooks 16 turkeys. <laughs> just have to say. 
Um, but, you know, your friendship with the people that you sit with at the table, that can continue. And that, that I've, I've met many students whose lives have been changed by a Westgate family. Um, we have a hospitality program. It's just a very simple friendship program. All you have to do is sign up. We'll match you with some students. You meet them at a party. And then after that, you got a really tough assignment. You have to do something fun with them once a month. So how many people here do something fun once a month? Raise your hand. It's a few hands. How up. many people do something? F oh, my goodness. Rob. Following Jesus is fun. Uh, you know, you don't even have to plan special stuff if you're having a game night or you yeah. just have them over for dinner or uh, take them to the zoo or the art museum. Show them around Toledo. And they're going to invite you to their cultural events. You're going to learn about their life and their culture and, and they'll share about their faith with you. And so, you know, it's just an interesting and wonderful opportunity for a cross-cultural friendship. And that's where we need the most help this year. Um, that and the, uh, the furniture project, so. Yeah, and, and being the fall, right, it's kicking up into that time of year. We've got students coming oh, on campus. you have no idea. We've got, like, <laughs> already, we haven't, uh, we've already got, like, 35 apartments on wow. a waiting list, so we're. That's awesome. I know our family has an opportunity to work with uh, some of the international students to introduce them, like you said, the art museum, the zoo, uh, to, to be able to share our foods, which are, in some cases, are very different for them. Right, and to be able to share with what they have. So it's been a great opportunity. Uh, if people want to learn more, I know you're going to be out there in the cafe. Right? What, are, what are some easy first steps people can take to connect with you? Just uh, come to the table. I'll give you information. We've got ways you can help students with English. We've got the hospitality program. We've got the furniture project. There's lots of opportunities at Water for Ishmael. Uh, both tables are kind of next to each other. So uh, just come and pick up some literature, and uh, we, can, we can get you started. It's way easier and it's so much fun. I can't tell you how much fun it is. Awesome. 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 Wes, thanks for joining us. If you guys want to thank Wes Blood for joining us here this morning. Thank you, sir. Thank you guys. Thank you both. Uh, one of our other local partners that you'll see in your bulletin is that neighborhood church or TNC. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, that neighborhood church is uh, a partner we've had for quite some time, right? And Pastor Pat down there, Amy and Shelly are, are running a great program. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had an opportunity to go down there and serve with them, uh, which Rob's going to share with you about in just a few minutes. But we have a video from them that we want you to go ahead and watch here about what's going on down at that neighborhood church. Hi, my name's Amy Cox, and I'm the pastor of Connections here at TNC. Jesus said, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We are Samaria. TNC is an inner city mission site in North Toledo. It's taken faithfulness, hard work and obedience, but right now all of our programs are expanding. We're seeing new movement by God in our adults. And right now we are busting at the seams at capacity with our children, our youth, and our full-time school, which is an alternative to the public school. We're excited for our partnerships. We are so thankful for what you do as a partner with TNC and to see what God does through you. Thank you, Westgate Chapel, for your continued support. You are our heroes. We invite you to come down and to continue being part of the story that God is writing in North Toledo. 
As Isaac mentioned, that neighborhood church has been a longtime partner since uh, Pastor Pat Cannon uh, was the kids' ministry director here at the church all the way back around the time when I uh, first came uh, to Toledo, and uh, the Lord placed on his heart to go into this very impoverished part of our city and to reach people with the gospel, and it has been amazing to watch how God has put his hand of blessing on Pastor Pat, Shelly, Amy, all of those who are serving down there, and how he has expanded their influence in that community. Uh, you'll see some pictures, as uh, Isaac was talking about, of the sports camp that uh, some of our kids and adults went and served at uh, just a week, week or so ago. And uh, it was just incredible to hear uh, the testimonies and stories of what God is doing. And there are opportunities like this to serve uh, throughout the year in different capacities uh, with that neighborhood church. And we would love for you to connect with them at their table today and to hear about how you can get involved uh, serving. And so uh, we're excited. And at the end of the summer on our Testimony Sunday, uh, you'll get to hear more about the sports camp from many of those who were uh, involved with that. This morning, we're also going to be talking with some of our local partnerships when it comes to uh, some of our members here at Westgate who are out serving in our community, and uh, we're very excited to hear uh, from them uh, who are working with two organizations uh, with Campus Crusade, known as Crew, uh, and also Young Life. And so I'm going to turn it over to Isaac and uh, take it away. Perfect. Thank you. I'm going to introduce my friend, uh, Ross Wenzinger. Ross, welcome. Thank you. Thank I'm you. happy to be here. Uh, Ross uh, is working with Crew, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, Ross, you're newer to the area, right, since being in school. Where are you from originally? Yeah, I'm from the Finley area, so it's not that far. But uh, I went to school in Ashland University, so it's a couple hours away, and then got a job, job working in Toledo, uh, Libby Glass, if you guys know that. And then um, got a house in Maumee and looking to get connected and through, through another outreach. An hour away, I met Mark Fertig, actually. And through that, he's like, hey, come out to Westgate, you know, once you move up here. So I started coming here, and then um, I was never involved in crew throughout any of my, my college experience. And so coming here, um, I just started volunteering, and the next thing you know, we're here, here and I'm sitting up here with you guys now. Yeah, so. that's awesome. And, and a lot of you know that Georges and the Fertigs are very uh, are leaders out at crew, but we want to give you a different face, somebody else who's been volunteering. Ross has been uh, very active and involved with crew. He's been active and involved with our young adult ministry here as well at, at Westgate. So um, kind of tell me, what, what do you do? What, what's your crew volunteer time look like? Yeah, so my involvement, uh, like I said, I work full-time. So my involvement is a little more limited than, you know, the full-time staff or even the part-time staff. Uh, once a week, I would join a Bible study that they had on campus for uh, freshman guys, and um, we, would just, we would just talk the Bible, talk about challenges um, that we're going through in our life, and how to, how to grow in our faith, uh, the community that, that that brings. And so that's been my involvement, is, is the Bible, Bible study on Toledo's campus that we would do. That's so. awesome. And that's, that's a tough area for those of you that have been in that spot. It's tough being a freshman in college, finding your footing, finding a place, and, and that's awesome you get to be there with them. What, what type of growth have you seen in, in those guys in the last year? Yeah, so uh, I'll talk about my growth first. So, okay, fair so enough. So even through this volunteering experience, I think anybody of you that have been in ministry knows that you probably get out more or just the same as what you're putting into sure. the other people too. Yep. And so, you know, the preparation for, for the study, the, the community that you're having uh, grew me and my faith through it. You know, and as a, as a young guy, I'm looking to set up good uh, steps practically in my life to um, good habits, you know, good disciplines. And so 
joining a Bible study once a month and, and helping out with that was, was good in my life too. And then for the, for the guys in it, you know, I did it for two semesters so far. And um, so the first, first semester we were bonding and we were growing. And uh, by, the, by the second semester, it came, became a real community. And we all, we all circled around each other. And um, there's also a great, great opportunities of one-on-one -on -one times with them too. So whether that would be texting them, seeing how they're doing, you know, catching up with them um, and keeping up on their lives, but also just walking around campus as we were leaving, you know, hey, how's it going? Uh, and actually meaning it. <laughs> uh, the, you know, a lot of the guys I'm working with are 18, 19 years old. And, uh, you know, we're just trying to, they're just trying to figure out what's the next best step. Who do I want to be? Where do I want to go? What do I want to do? And uh, being able to walk alongside them, you know, I'm not that old, so I just experienced that not too long ago. And so uh, being able to walk alongside them was a really great um, thing for me and, and to watch them grow in their faith, too. Absolutely. And Ross brings up a good point. These are young men that a lot of us older guys like myself are happy to lead and, and be a part of their lives, but having somebody that's real close in their age, that's kind of recently gone through some of the things they're going through, that's huge, right? It has an impact in their life, so... Uh, for those that are interested in getting involved with Crew, what are, what are some steps uh, people could take? Yeah, there's a lot of ways that you can get involved in Crew. So even at Westgate here, we have full-time staff, we have part-timers, and um, then volunteers like me too. And so uh, with me working full-time and I have other hobbies, you know, I like to golf. Uh, you know, the, the volunteering is the best avenue for me and it's just one time a week. So it's not like you have to do everything. You don't have to, it's not a massive thing but uh, we can still make an impact, right? And so no matter what your calling is, I would highly encourage you, go to the back table after church um, in the, the cafe. Yeah, in the cafe. And, yep. um, and talk to the Georges that are back there. Um, come up to me, talk to me. You know, I'm still new here too, so if you just wanna say hi and meet me too, you can do that too. Uh, but then um, there's also uh, what we're looking for is, so crew does not, um, have any kind of service on Sundays because what they try to do is they try to get you plugged into a local church. And so what we're trying to do is create a brunch, a lunch after a church for the, the college students once we, they come back here next month um, to be able to create that community for them and help cultivate that and make them feel home, at home here. Um, and so if you'd be willing to, to make a meal or be there uh, that's that's another opportunity that we can that you guys can get involved. Uh, but I highly encourage you go back. Let's talk to let's talk it through. We'll find something for you if <laughs> if you want to. That's great. That's perfect. Yeah, and we've we've had opportunity to serve together. Right? You've been in our class uh, that we have on Sunday mornings for some of our young adults. So uh, excited about what's going on on campus there. And like Ross said, get out there and and check it out afterwards in the cafe and kind of learn a little bit of what's going on with uh, with crew ministry. So. If you would all help me thank Ross for being here today. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. And I'll say, Ross, what I love about what you said is honestly what, what you guys are looking for is people that are willing to invest in other people's lives, right? And uh, as I think about the work that Jim and Bridget Beach are doing as well with Young Life, it's very similar. Investing in the lives of young people that they would have the opportunity to, to know uh, Jesus Christ. So I mentioned this is Jim and Bridget. They have been a part of our church over this past year and uh, very excited to have them up here. New, newest partnership that we have got with them and uh, Young Life and we're excited to be able to support that. And I would ask you guys to share with us just maybe a little bit about what Young Life is but also how you guys got connected with this ministry. 
Yeah, so Young Life is a ministry that's um, trying to reach disinterested um, adolescents uh, and introduce them to Jesus Christ and help them grow in their faith. Um, our heart beats for kids that, um, like I said, dis- disinterested. And to reach disinterested kids, uh, they won't always come to you. And so Young Life leaders um, go into kids' worlds. Um, they become part of their worlds. They build relationships with them. Uh, we, we, we love the verse... Uh, uh, John 1.14 that says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we try to model that and enter into their worlds. And so, um, you know, that, that's kind of what Young Life is. But also, Bridget's going to share just a super fast version of her story, which also give a picture of what Young Life is. Yeah, my name's Bridget. Um, when I was in high school, a freshman in high school, um, I was a kid that felt like um, I was well-known on the outside, but no one really knew me on the inside. And there was an older girl on the volleyball team. Um, little did I know she was involved with Young Life, one of the, we call them campaigner kids. And she um, cared about me in a different way, invited me to Young Life. And that's where I met my Young Life leader, Christy, who um, just wanted to know me. She was, I remember riding my bike home, I couldn't drive yet, riding my bike home from her house one day, just just choked up, feeling like I finally found, like, what I've been looking for, like somebody that wants to know me on the inside, um, even though I had a, things look good on the outside, but I was so hungry to be known. And that translated to my view of Jesus. She was the picture of Jesus that I needed, that um, Jesus wanted to know me and have a personal relationship with me, not mm-hmm. just the things I did on the outside. Um, so from there, um, I was involved with Young Life in high school, and her and her husband taught a group of us just how to to follow Jesus and how to give our lives away um, for our school and for our peers. And all of a sudden, um, I went from being a kid that um, all that mattered was being a good student, a good athlete, a good person. And then all of a sudden, I had this purpose that was way bigger than those things, um, this purpose to give my life away for my peers and um, share Jesus with them. And um, that was the best part of my high school experience. Um, and it laid a foundation for the rest of my life. And um, so I'm so grateful for how Young Life changed my life. And Jim has a similar story um, you can ask him about another time. And uh, yeah, that's, so now we're involved here. Yeah, and that's kind of a picture of, kind of an example of a picture of Young Life. It's, um, you know, kids, people that are building relationships and entering into kids' worlds and loving them like Christ, and then they become, they move from disinterested to interested when they see how you love them. And um, that's the context that we get to share the gospel, so. That's awesome. And as you guys have been uh, here over this past year, getting more involved in uh, the Toledo area, you had been involved with Young Life up in Michigan. Uh, but now as you're here, what are some of the exciting things that you've seen God doing over this past year? Yeah, so we've been here for a year now. Um, there's actually a great history of Young Life um, in the Toledo um, area. Um, but a lot of Young Life all across the country, and including Toledo, um, for the last few years has been like a post-COVID, you know, rebuild kind of season. Um, and so we've been trying to help restart clubs. We have clubs associated with different schools because um, that's kind of communities of kids. And so there are some local clubs that are going again, and there's others that we're still trying to restart. And so um, Bridget and I are trying to um, restart the, the club at Southview uh, High School. And so I coach football there, um, build relationships with kids there. And um, we also support kind of our, our, our West Toledo area is kind of like University of Toledo and everything west of there. And so in there we have um, a club going at Northview High School already that's really solid. 
and um, kids are meeting Christ and growing in their faith there. And um, so we're just, we're working on two things primarily, which is personally trying to help start the Southview Club. And then also our job is to train and supervise um, volunteer leaders who work with Young Life and work with those students. And um, a story um, in the last year, some cool stuff is, a lot of great stuff has happened in the last year. Um, some of those things are, um, we took 46 kids to camp this last summer, um, and 18 of them were Southview kids, where we don't even have a Young Life Club going on, and that was just amazing. God kind of did that. And then, um, but a more specific story that I, my favorite story from the year is um, I was um, helping run a, a football workout uh, maybe this spring or summer, I don't know, just like with a few kids. And um, as I was walking back in the parking lot, one of the kids um, came up to me and he said, um, hey, coach, this kid's also like a real tough guy, like doesn't show any weakness, like he's like a football, you know, player. And um, (laughs) (laughs) it just makes it better. And he came up to me and was like, hey, coach, uh, can I ask you a question? And I was like, yeah, what's up? And he goes, "Um, do you still, do you run the Young Life stuff here? And I, like he had heard from somebody. And I said, I said, yeah, well, we're, we're trying to like, you know, restart. I'm trying to be like, yes, I do. And there isn't really anything here, <laughs> but we're trying to restart it. <laughs> so, and he goes, oh, well, well, anyway, uh, whenever you have something, would I be able to come to it? Because I was just thinking the other day, um, he said, uh, I don't, I was just realizing I don't really know anything about God or Jesus. And he said, uh, and I'm, I'm really embarrassed about it. And I said, uh, I said, yeah, man, of course. And so he's been coming around for the last, like, two months. And it's been really fun. And um, I don't think he's started a relationship with Christ yet, but he's getting closer. And there's a handful of other kids that have started relationships with Christ um, at Southview and around the area, not just Southview, but those are the kids that I directly work with. And um, it's been a really fun season getting to, see stories like that and there's the other thing is the reason why we do Young Life is because there's so many kids like him it's the most common story actually like it's been very rare I've been doing this for like 15 years leading Young Life it's very rare to meet a kid that already knows Jesus or even really even has heard the gospel you know in a way that they've listened before um his story is far more common than meeting a kid who's following Christ. They do exist, and I actually meet some Westgate kids, you know, at school at, at Southview, which is really fun and encouraging that there's some Christ-following uh, high school students there. But there's, there's a vast, huge majority of kids that don't um, know Jesus, and they're just waiting for somebody to earn the right to be heard with them and share, share about him with them, so... That's awesome. I have uh, loved getting to know you guys and especially understanding more about Young Life as we've gotten to know you. And uh, I, I will tell you that uh, when, when Jim talks about it being relational and really reaching non-believing kids, uh, I shared in the first service that I've uh, had the opportunity to see him in action as he came to see my son uh, play baseball. I think he said he was also rooting against him at the time. We're rooting for your son, but also for Southview at the yeah, same time. Yeah, I know. Uh, Northview student. But anyway, (laughs) uh, uh, it was really cool just to see how you put that into action and to see like the kids that Garrett and I and Rochelle and our family know, even at Northview, 
that don't know Christ or nominally know that you have already built relationships with and encourages me to see the work that you guys are doing to reach people with the gospel. And if people here were interested in getting involved, uh, tell us just a couple quick ways that they could do that. Yeah, there's, there's three ways um, out there. You know, we have a table out there and there's, you can sign up if you're interested. There's three different things, boxes you could check. One is if you're interested in being a Young Life leader and working with students yourself. Um, there's a way to do that, and that's kind of, you know, one of our main jobs is to help train you and set you up to be able to do that. If that interests you, um, we are really looking for Young Life leaders um, and all around the area. And no matter what community you're a part of, I can probably help connect you in that way and train you. Um, and then the, a second way is we have a local adult committee, and the committee are local adults who kind of serve behind the scenes, and um, they do a variety of things like that. They're informed local advocates, so they kind of know what's going on, and they can um, pray behind the scenes. They can help us know people. Like, I get to coach football at Southview because of a connection that a committee person had, and that, that was how I got the end. So there's a huge role for committee and just knowing other people. And then there's also just serving things and putting on, you know, events or fundraisers. So, that, so there's leading, there's being on the committee. Um, and then a third way is um, this fall on October 8th, we have a fall banquet, and our fall banquet is kind of a two-part event. One part, um, what is Young Life, and like learning about Young Life, hearing stories about it, and then two, it's a fundraiser, and it's, um, it's free to attend. There's just a time to pledge at the end, um, but the way that we invite folks to that um, banquet is we have people be table hosts, and so um, a table host role is somebody who's trying to fill their table of eight folks, and um, you know, we're new at Westgate, too, so it'd be cool to have some Westgate folks there. And if you're interested in learning more about Young Life, that's a really great way to see a, a lot of pictures of it all in one day, um, whether you, you know, give at that event. It doesn't matter as much to me. I, I want you, I mean, that does matter. We'll accept <laughs> donations. It does. But, but um, um, you know, that's a way that you can learn more. Or maybe you know somebody that you're like, they got to learn about this. You could bring them to that. So that's a way that you can serve. Awesome. Hey, would you thank uh, Ross and also the Beaches for coming and sharing with us this morning? Grab a chairs. As we, uh, as we uh, begin to close, I'm going to invite the worship team forward uh, here. And uh, I would just ask you, if you would, if we would just take a time to pray uh, and go before the Lord. If you would bow your heads with me. And as we go to uh, prayer together... I would ask you just to consider two things as we pray, two things that maybe you would ask God, what is it that you learned today? What are the things that God is speaking into your heart as you consider the various partnerships that we have and the things that God is doing, but also how he might individually desire for you to move into a broader connection within the body of Christ in our community to make an impact? What have you learned and maybe what have you heard what is God whispering into your heart about how he might want to use you? Father, I thank you so much for this morning, and I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Father, for just the understanding that you have given to us of how important it is for us to realize that you have individually chosen us and uniquely gifted each of us to be a part of the work that you are doing in this world. You've given us various giftings according to your spirit. Lord, you have given us various passions. And Lord, your desire is to use us as individuals, but you have designed 
your church in such a way, not just local, but globally, that our giftings work better and are strongest when we are working together. And we acknowledge this morning that not only is that true of what takes place here within Westgate Chapel, but how we go outside of these walls and participate with the global body of Christ seeking to reach people in our neighborhoods, in our communities, and throughout the world with the good news of the gospel. Father, would you plant in our hearts today a passion for using our gifts in this way to reach more people with the news of your son, Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray especially this morning as well over our various partners that have shared. I thank you, Lord, for Savannah and the work that she is doing with Bella Vita and the Pregnancy Center and the way in which they are so lovingly reaching into people's lives at one of their most desperate moments to help them to understand that they are loved not just by an individual, but by a God in heaven that sees them in their time of need and that wants to walk with them. Father, would you put your hand of blessing on that ministry and continue to expand their influence in this community, but also throughout our state and region. Father, I want to pray over uh, West Blood and Water for Ishmael, global opportunities. Lord, that you would continue to expand their influence in the international community. Thank you, Father, for how you are bringing the nations from all around the world into our city and giving us an opportunity to make an impact. Place a seed in our heart to understand how you desire for us to be involved in that way. I thank you, Lord, for the work of that neighborhood church in the community downtown. Father, I thank you for the work uh, that you are doing through Sean and Maggie, that you are doing through the Fertigs and through Ross as they're working with crew at the University of Toledo. I thank you, God, for what you are doing with Jim and Bridget Beach on our high school campuses as they go to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, would you continue to expand their influence that many people would come to a saving knowledge of your son, Jesus Christ. But most importantly, God, put within our hearts an understanding of how we can be involved supporting or going and being a part of what you are doing. We thank you, God, and we worship you this morning. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. you feel led or worship as you feel led. Oh 
truth cuts like an arrow I will say it anyway Cause here I am, Lord Send me And if it means that they'll reject me
It's a prayer that we're singing, and that's where our hearts should be. I want to talk to you real quick about five ways to engage in missions. Number one, the first thing you can do is you can pray. Every month we have a missions prayer team meeting that you can come be a part of. But even just getting out and signing up to get uh, ministry updates from any of our partners locally, globally, that you can be in prayer for them. And that means a lot to each and every one of them. Number two, you can send and you can give. If you go to westgatechapel.org backslash partners, you can see our local and global partners and see what they're doing in ways that you can help send them there or give and help them in their missions and their work. Number three, you can welcome partners and people. We're doing that today. You can go out in the cafe, meet some of the partners, the ones you got to talk to and hear, hear talk today, but also some other ones are out there that you get to meet. We have uh, all sorts of opportunities to meet with the people that they serve, and we'd love for you to come be a part of that as well. Number four, go and join one of those ministries. Sign up, whether that's locally, like we talked about just a few weeks ago at that neighborhood church. Uh, the opportunities to serve students in our high school and our college ministries, our international students. There are many opportunities to go out and be a part of different ministries. We'd love for you to come join and see what that looks like. And finally, number five, we'd like you to mobilize. You heard a lot of important things here today, things that it's important to share with somebody, maybe a student in your life you can reach out to, maybe somebody uh, that Bella Vita would be very helpful for to be a part of as well. Mobilize, share, and give opportunities for other people to hear the words you heard today. Finally, if you are in need of prayer, we do have our prayer room open. We have some of our prayer team over here uh, to my left, your right, that you'd like to come up and be in any uh, prayer time. We'd love to have you do that. And finally, like we said, uh, we would love to have you join our partners out in the cafe. You can go out either of these doors, walk that way. You're going to meet them right out where we normally serve our coffee and drinks. Please take time to pray for them, to pray with them, to be active in their ministry. Like Pastor Rob said today, we are strongest when we worship and serve alongside others. Let me pray us out here. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Thank you for your ministry that we see at work locally, that we see globally, that we see to the ends of the earth. And Lord, we're just so thankful for these partners. And uh, we ask that you would continue to help them to be the blessings in this world that just so desperately needs them. And Lord, as we move into our own week and our own lives, I just ask that you would uh, bless us so that we could be that blessing as well. And Lord, we, uh, as we leave this time of worship, help us to walk continuously with you. It is in the name of your son, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. Thank you.